0: Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, great to receive from Him. And In fact, last week we were talking about His peace. And, and God's reminding us this morning, even through His words, about receiving peace from Him. So we're in our study on Psalm 23. It's entitled, The Good Shepherd. So thank you for joining with us as we jump back into the continuation of our study read a story about two men walking through the woods. In the midst of the woods, they came across what seemed to be a massively deep hole. They stood around and, and looked at it, looked down, and uttered words such as, Wow, that looks deep. The other one said, It sure does. Why don't you toss a few stones in there and see how long it takes to hit the bottom. Let's, let's see how deep this is. So the other one picked up a few stones, tossed it into this large hole, and they paused and waited, and there was no sound. Wow, one said to the other, this hole is incredibly deep. Here, I've got an idea. Why don't you grab one of these larger rocks and toss it in? It's larger, it's heavier, maybe it'll drop a little faster. This should definitely make a noise. So he picked up the large rock that was nearby and and, uh, with his muscles kind of tossed it over into this great hole they were considering an abyss and waited and waited and nothing. They looked at each other in amazement. So one had this, you know, this determined, I'm going to figure this out kind of look on his face. How many of you have seen that look? Maybe in a spouse or family member. I mean, they get this look that says, I'm not going to rest until this is figured out. One of the men had that kind of look. And he saw over by the woods a railroad tie. He said, why don't you come over here and help me with this large railroad tie. It'll take both of us to lift it up, both of us to bring it over to the hole, and both of us to toss it in. This is massive. This is large. It's got to hit something in this hole. So the two men dragged the heavy railroad tie over to the hole, and on the count of three, they heaved it in, and they weighed And they waited, and still not a single sound coming from the hole. But suddenly, out of those nearby woods, a sheep appeared, running like the wind. It rushed towards the two men, rushed past the two men, leaped into the air, and down into the hole. The men were astonished at what they had just seen. They they looked at each other in amazement. Not too long after the sheep comes a farmer. The farmer spotted the two men, walked over to them and asked them a question. He said, hey, have you guys seen my sheep out here? (laughs) All those two men said, oh, you bet we did. You'll never guess it. Craziest thing we've ever seen. Your sheep came running as fast as he could, leaped into the air, and jumped into this giant hole. The farmer said, nah, that couldn't have been my sheep. My sheep was chained to a railroad tie. (laughs) You'll get that. Kind of slim pickings when you're looking for sheep humor. found that one this past week. So in the midst of our series, we've looked at Psalm 23, verse 1, and verse 2, and this morning we're looking at verse 3. Psalm 23, verse 3, and it reads like this. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Or in a, in a very familiar wording or text of the King James, it says, He restoreth my soul, leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the goal and the desire is the right paths. How many of you want to be on the right paths? We want guidance and, and we want direction. And when we are driving, we need the right paths. Years ago, it was the big giant maps. How many of you had one of those giant Rand McNally maps in your car? I remember growing up with mom and dad and, and sometimes you know, going to state to state. We would have that giant... I mean, it was, it was literally two, three foot tall, right? Because you could then open it up and, and the entire state would be you know, in this spread of two pages. Most, most states could be like that or one giant page. And so you would look at that. It didn't have to be that big so you could see all the highways to get from these main cities to these main cities. And then the advent of the internet came, right? And then you could go online, MapQuest, MapBlast, all kinds of mapping internet websites, and type in your starting and ending destination, and then you could print out a step-by-step, turn-by-turn printout, probably more accurate, more updated than that once-a-year map so you held on to those. And I remember printing those out before some of the uh, youth ministry trips or some of our personal family trips. So from the maps to the Internet maps, and then the GPS units got real, real popular. You could buy a GPS, and you could plug it into your car, and then digitally you could type in your address, and it would sense from the satellite way up above the earth, and guide you. In fact, it would give you a little physical representation of this little car or this little truck, and you, you could pick that, and you could pick the voice of the person speaking to you. In fact, you could pay to download celebrity voices to speak to you, GPS units. They're still around, but they're really struggling to sell because, well, many people have smartphones today. And on those smartphones, there's Google Maps or Apple's Maps. I mean, there's some kind of map app, a map app. And it's the same type of thing. Using your phone, you type in what you want to do, and it gives you turn by turn, and, and you can zoom in and zoom out. It is actually interactive. And we use that to drive many times. It's that same type of thing. When it comes to directions in life, we want to know where to go, right? And so we want to take all of those characteristics of how we drive and we want to smash them into our life. We want, the, we want the giant overview. We want that big map so we kind of open it up and we can kind of see this giant overview of where we are and where we're going and all of the steps in between. We also kind of want that... Turn by turn navigation. We want the step-by-step, day by day, week by week, month by month opportunity. And so we want the the step-by-step printout. God, what do I do today? What do I do tomorrow? Where do I turn? Do I say yes? Do I say no? Like the GPS, uh, we want to make sure that we're, we're connected, that we're tuned in at all times. And like our, our smartphones, we want everything updatable. I mean, we want it to, to just be in our hands at all times. And so we struggle. People go through all kinds of things. They follow all kinds of options that are out there in the world to try to find guidance and wisdom and direction. And so we get to verse 3, and the psalmist, David, talks about him saying, He refreshes. This shepherd, he refreshes my soul, and he guides me. Not just does he guide me, he guides me along the right paths, but he does so for his name's sake. It's for his honor, it's for his glory. It's not to try to pump us up. God is guiding and directing our lives. But that's the challenge, is then the how. How in the world do we seek out God's direction? It can be confusing. How do we know exactly what God wants us to do? Understand this God desires to guide you and I even more than we want to be guided. God wants us to know His will even more than we're wanting to discover His will. The challenge is sometimes we, we look for His will, we look for guidance, we look for direction in the wrong ways, in the wrong opportunities. Sometimes people will look to their feelings Feelings to guide them. They want to be swept off their feet by emotions, or, you know, they they want the hair on their arms to to stand up on as they want those good feeling goosebumps. If I have goosebumps, if I have goose pimples, I don't know what you call them, if I have that, if I feel a certain way, well, then that must be the direction I should go. And so many times, People are seeking after certain feelings. Other people are seeking formulas, recipes, formulas, nine steps for this, eight steps for that. If I do A plus B plus C plus D and I do it in this way and I do it in this time frame, God will definitely answer by tonight. They want this guaranteed formula. Now, certainly there are some principles that we can seek out, and that's what we're going to be looking at in a few moments. There's some principles, but there's not this guaranteed step that says if you do step A before B and then B before C and C before D, you can guaranteed take it to the bank before five o'clock closing time that God's going to somehow give your next 100 days in an email format. So many people like Feelings, many people search after a formula. Many people are seeking signs. Oh, well this happened, it must be a sign from God. Could be. But sometimes we're looking for signs anywhere, everywhere. And what you think is a sign that says, yes, someone else looks at that and says, well, it's a definite sign, no. If I were looking at our signs. So when we Look to hear from God. It's not just about feelings. It's not just about formulas. It's not just about signs. I believe God has some wisdom to help guide us along the right paths the path of righteousness, the right way for you and I. And we've got to be plugged in and we've got to be connected to Him. So that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. How do we know God's will? How will he guide us in these right paths? What are some principles to follow? Not a magic formula that says, do these four things in the next four minutes, and you're guaranteed. We're saying, here's some principles to put into place, biblical things that we can follow that allow God to lead and guide and direct us. So to receive God's guidance, first of all, admit that we need help. Admit that we need help. Oh, how many of you say that's a pretty tough thing to do? Admit that we need help. We don't like help many times, do we? We're like some of our little kids when they were little. I remember one of our little girls some of the very first words and phrases she used were, ah, I do it myself. You never said that, did you? (laughs) I bet you did. Maybe it was yesterday. I do it myself. That's the thought that we have. We say, I can do it. I will do it myself. I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need anybody to help. But if we're saying we want guidance, if we're saying we want to know what the future holds and we want to know what God is directing and we want to know that right path, we've got to admit that we need help. The first part of that verse says that he restores my soul. This Hebrew word for restore is used over a thousand times in the Old Testament, and it has this connotation of rescuing, renewing, and returning to something's original state or condition. To rescue, return, or restore to its original condition. Now, many times for a sheep, you've seen the sheep, big fluffy bodies, not so large in the leg department, they, they get big and fluffy, or, or sometimes they, they get unstable, and they might kind of flip over. They would refer to that sheep as being cast, when that sheep is kind of on its back and its little legs flipping up. They need some help. If you've got this big, fluffy sheep body with its skinny little legs up in the air, they, they don't have that, that muscular ninja ability to just flip back up right side up. They're needing that shepherd's help to restore them. Many times, you and I, we need our shepherd's help to restore us in our life and in our situation. Admitting we need help is tough. Anybody ever been in a vehicle, driving on a vacation, or driving to some place and you got lost... But your driver, whoever that would be, declared you were not lost and refused to ask for help. Smiling in here is allowed, but no pointing, okay? Chances are pretty good that we would have some people in this place. Chances also might be pretty good that some of it might be us men, who would refuse to get help, declare we're not lost, and simply say, we'll catch up to this at the next road. We'll turn around at the next exit. I got this. And so to say, I've got to admit that I need help, sometimes that's a a challenge for us to follow. Sheep, by nature, they tend to wander. They tend to stray. In fact, Isaiah 53, 6 says, every one of us, have strayed like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. One problem why we don't often know God's will is we're going our own way and we're not admitting to God, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your direction. The fact of the matter is we need help. We need guidance. We need direction to go in the way God wants us to go. Sheep, They don't have the greatest of vision. They can't see incredibly far ahead. And they can tend to stumble. Well, we're kind of like sheep. We don't have the greatest of vision. We can't see real far in front of us. So we've got to trust in him and admit that we need some help. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Many times, that's what our wisdom, our our insight says. I don't need anybody's help. I'm going to go this way. It looks good. It feels good. I think this is the way to go. God's word says, there's a way that seems right to us. But in many cases, this way leads to death. We've got to admit that we need help. Sheep need a shepherd to guide you and i need our good shepherd the heavenly father to guide we've got to depend upon him come to him and admit i need your help god the second principle i think we can follow not just admitting that we need help though that's a great place to start second principle is this ask for god's direction it's one thing to admit we need help, and that can be a challenge enough. But it's another one to then ask. Again, if we're in the vehicle, if you're in a vehicle, and you find out that you are lost, it's one thing to admit, okay, I don't know where I'm at. But it's another thing to actually go stop at a gas station and ask somebody for help. It's, it's a little easier for us as individuals... To admit we need help, it's harder to then go ask for it. So it's not just to say, God, I admit that I need your help in knowing the the direction and the path, the right path to go on. I've got to then turn to God and ask him for help. Here's what James chapter 1 writes about this. One version puts it this way. If you want to know what God really wants you to do, ask him. And he will gladly tell you. For he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. But if you don't ask in faith, don't expect the Lord to give you a solid answer. God is willing. God's waiting. God desires to help and give wisdom, give guidance, direction. James says if you, if you need help, ask. If you lack wisdom, ask. Come to God, not just in admitting we need help, but come and ask for it. God's promised wisdom, being able to to see things from a, a better perspective, a better point of view, hopefully from God's point of view. God wants to lead us and he wants to guide us. But James is saying, number one, we've got to go to the right person. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask God. Many times we lack wisdom, and we we have this desire. We say, okay, I admit that I need help, and then we go to everybody else but God. God, I need help in my finances, but instead of going to God and His Word, we go to our broke uncle, or we go to a boss, or we go to some other friend or family member. God, I need help in my relationships. And so we go search somebody who we know is going to tell us what we want to hear, but maybe they don't have the greatest track record in relationships. No matter what the need is that we face, many times we can go to every other person except God. James says if if you need wisdom, if you need guidance, if you need direction, ask God, go to the right person, and then go with the right attitude with that right perspective we're doing so in faith trusting and believing in him that he will answer he will guide he will direct so we admit God I need some help in seeking out your wisdom your direction your guidance we ask for his directions thirdly this morning we've got to listen for his answer listen his answer. Here's the thing. God is speaking. God's speaking to your heart and and my heart and and throughout the day and throughout the week. I believe that God is speaking to you and to me. The problem is many times we don't quite hear or we're not quite tuned in or, or we're getting our signals mixed up. You see it? you see it? There are radio waves filling this sanctuary. There are radio waves filling our world. You can't see them, but they're there. Can we prove it to you? Take a look at this old-style radio boombox from my college years in the 90s, still cranking out the hits. You haven't heard a peep from this all service long. But let me turn it on first because that's one problem. So I turn it on. Okay, not hearing too much of anything. So maybe I'm not tuned into the right frequency. Okay, so let me me do a little bit of tuning here. I meant to tell you this about a week or so ago. If I begin tuning that dial up or down, I'm going to get to certain frequencies of radio stations. Christian music stations, talk uh, radio stations, popular music stations, all kinds of stations broadcasting on certain frequencies 24 hours a day, right? Right? Just because we don't hear it right now doesn't mean that those signals are not being broadcast. One of the, the issues, many times, is the radio's not turned on. You're not tuned in and, and connected to the source. For you and I, we've got to be connected to our source our Heavenly Father. For many individuals, they don't have that relationship. They've not begun that relationship with God. And so, boy, they're wondering and struggling, how is is God gonna guide and direct me? Start with that relationship with Him. As well, maybe they're away from it. If I tuned this radio to a radio station, but then walked out of the sanctuary, through the foyer, back to the fellowship hall, I'm certainly not going to hear what's broadcasting on this radio. So in some cases for you and I, we've found a connection to God, we've, we've committed our lives, we've asked Him to cleanse and forgive us, but maybe we've walked away, stepped away from that closeness to Him and... He's broadcasting loud and clear, and we're off doing our own thing far away. Or maybe some cases, as demonstrated just a few moments ago, we're, we're not tuned into that right frequency. God's speaking, God, God's desiring to get a hold of our hearts and our lives and, and give wisdom and insight and guidance and direction. Sometimes what we're plugged in, what we're connected to, we're just hearing and sensing static we've got to have that relationship with God we've got to be tuned in to God and plugged into him speaking into our lives so there's a, a number of channels here on the radio station there's a number of things that God can use to speak into our hearts into our lives and we've got to be plugged in and listening to his answer here's a handful number 1 the word of God What's one of the channels that we can listen to for his answer? We've got to get into this book, the Word of God. Some people, their thought is this, man, God just doesn't speak to me. I just, I don't know what he wants me to do. I don't know the, the direction of my life. Let me ask, are you in this book on a regular basis? Have you been opening this, reading this, consuming this Word of God to read and study and learn and memorize what God has to say? If not, here's the challenge. We've got to put the words of God in to then be brought back to our remembrance. It's like one of those prayers that maybe we prayed in school. Don't smile. You probably prayed it too at one point, right? The test comes, the quiz comes, maybe it's a pop quiz, and you got all spiritual and he said, oh God, help me, bring all of this to my remembrance, right? Everybody smile on that? Bring it to my remembrance. <laughs> but you didn't study in the first place. Help me in my physics, God. Help me in my science. Help me in my social studies. God, I didn't open up the textbook, but somehow I just pray you would make A, B, C, or D float off the page and I would know which one to circle. God, help me. Sometimes it seems like we've not graduated past that in our spiritual lives. Oh, God, I I, I want you to help me with wisdom and guidance and direction for my life. So lead me, I pray. But we've not been studying the Word. We've not been studying the textbook. There's there's nothing that we've implanted in. There's no time spent reading and consuming the Word of God for God to speak into our hearts and into our lives. I would challenge and encourage. If you sense that maybe you've not been receiving and Receiving God's answers, let me encourage you to get into God's Word. Because God's will is contained in His Word. So, God's Word is, is one channel that we can listen for God's answer. Prayer is another one. To connect to God, to pray to God, to communicate with God through His Word and through prayer are two basic key fundamentals of hearing god's answer many individuals when reading god's word there's that thought that says wow this scripture just leapt off the page it was as if that was for me i read that a million times i've read that scripture so many times but today god used that to encourage god used that to guide or direct Much the same way that the prayer time as we pray and and talk to God, as well as listening, looking to hear from God, those are a couple of very important channels to tune into to listen for God's answer. How about the power of the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. Holy Spirit can many times nudge us, prompt us in particular ways particular directions let's not try to make our own calls and 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 seek out our own wisdom for life let's go for god's point of view we need the anointing and the power and the guidance of his holy spirit how many times maybe have you looked back at your life and you, you realized or you recognize you felt the Holy Spirit prompting you maybe to change your schedule and it was a God-ordained nudge. You went somewhere you wouldn't normally have done or at a particularly different time and God used that to lead and to guide you. Sometimes it was for your benefit and sometimes it was for somebody else's benefit to be a blessing. The Word of God... Prayer time with God, connecting through the Holy Spirit are channels God uses to guide and direct, and we need to be listening for Him. Sometimes God also uses others, pastors, leaders, teachers, friends and family, individuals, sometimes in a message on a Sunday morning or in a Bible study on a Wednesday night or in a Sunday school setting early on a Sunday morning, there's times you're sitting in a class going through a teaching and a teacher or pastor or leader says something. And you say, wow, how did he know that? It's as if I'm speaking most directly to you. You're thinking, did he just write this whole sermon for me? <laughs> no. Sometimes God uses some of those words through a pastor, or God uses some of those words through a teacher, or God uses some of those words through a a friend or a family member to give comfort or guidance or encouragement. Now, we do need to be cautious about that. Those types of things through other individuals need to line up with God's word. God's not going to use one person to speak to another person. Here's what you should do. And that wisdom or guidance or encouragement completely contradicts the word of God. So we've got to be cautious. But God can use individuals to speak into our lives. That can be a channel that God might use but it should confirm what His Word says. It should line up with His Word says. It should confirm what maybe He's already been kind of working or or directing us and nudging us in our hearts. Another channel sometimes God uses are circumstances. But you see, sometimes in our settings, we, we take this list and we flip it upside down. We look to people and we look to circumstances first, and at the very end, then we look to the Word of God got to make sure we're looking at some of these channels and, and looking at some of these directions in the right order. We've got to connect with God in His Word and in prayer and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's us connecting to God. And in some cases, yes, He will use others. And in some cases, yes, God uses circumstances. And we've, we've heard you know, the phrase about open doors and, and well, when, when one door shuts, God opens another one. And when that door shuts, He opens a window. And, and we're always looking for circumstances. And we know that God can use those. Once again, those circumstances will be something that lines up with God's Word and prayer, the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not just a, a random circumstance that says, oh, this happened, so it must mean this. And, and then we just kind of Interpret it however we wish, but God can use sometimes an open door to nudge and to confirm what He's been speaking to us through His Word. God can use sometimes a closed door, a closed opportunity, and we say, Boy, I really thought this was it. The door closed, and God confirmed that through some other means. God uses the, the joys of life and circumstances along with sometimes the hurt and the pain of life in circumstances, all of those things can be used by God. If we listen, if we tune in to these different channels, focusing on Him, focusing on His Word, focusing on prayer, focusing on the Holy Spirit, we will listen and hear His answer. Maybe you think you're too far gone or or too far on your own path to hear from Him. God desires to speak to you very personally. That's the powerful thing. No matter how many people fill up this sanctuary, God can speak to each one individually and personally. And what you might sense God nudging and speaking to you through this message and, wow, here's what God spoke to me today and you go home and and look to apply that might be completely different than what somebody else receives. God's able to use that and guide you so we admit that we need some help. We ask God for his direction. Listen for his answer. And then finally trust God no matter what. Trust God no matter what. Again, these are, these are principles that kind of guide us. This isn't a magic formula, A, B, C, D. General principles. Admit that we need some help. We gotta start there. Ask God for guidance and direction receive from him, but as he leads, as he guides, as he nudges, as he directs, then the challenging principle is to trust him no matter what. Because the things that we face and experience, they're not always the situations that we desire. True? We would prefer that certain things we face that we would never have to face. We would also prefer that certain things we don't have the opportunity of facing We wish we could. So we would rather the bad stuff disappear and all of the good stuff appear and have smooth sailing in our lives. And so we don't always understand when the little bumps in the road come or when the massive roadblocks come. In the midst of life, trust God no matter what. We don't always understand. Our vantage point, our viewpoint as a sheep is not very far in advance you have got to trust the shepherd. He sees the big picture. We've got to trust him no matter what. Familiar verse, a couple of verses about trust is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure everything out yourself and and do it our own way. Sometimes we don't understand the things of life until much later on or perhaps until in heaven we might hear from Him. Do we trust? Do we have patience to wait? We can be really, really impatient people, can't we? God, answer my prayer! And do so now. I wanted it yesterday, but I guess today will work. We say, God, help me and help me now. Sometimes he does. And while, I mean, we are just overjoyed at sometimes a a fast answer to a prayer. And we wish that happened every single time in every single prayer. How many of you have prayed for something? Physical healing, financial provision, Restoration of relationship, family situation, job situation, etc. And you've prayed for more than a day, more than a week, more than a month, more than a year. For some, maybe, maybe more than a decade of prayer after prayer after prayer. And we say, God, I don't understand. My timing was a long time ago and it seems like nothing's happening. Trust God no matter what. We can't always see what He does. But He does see the future. He does see the end results. He does see the big picture. And we can trust Him no matter what we face. Because as we're about to see in our next verse, verse 4, no matter where we might be, He is with us. So we can trust Him. Whether He wraps up all of the loose ends and, and, and does everything we've asked for and prayed for, he's with us. If it seems like he's not answering those prayers and we're going through the difficulties, he's with us. We can trust him no matter what. We can't see what's ahead of us. We can't see exactly what tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or what way down the line what the future holds. But the good news is, we serve a God who guides. Psalm 23, verse 3. He talks about leading us and guiding us in the paths of righteousness. What are some important principles? Admit that we need help. Ask God for his direction. Then listen for his response And in the midst of that, trust God no matter what.